Good morning, church, internet audience. Welcome, welcome, welcome on the new live stream. Prophecy with Stan, I believe. So we have a new channel, and thank you for joining. And now I would like to introduce a anointed speaker, Miss Suni Young, my lovely wife going to be bringing you a message on anointing and calling. So let's bless this in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this time. We can come into the house of the Lord. What an opportunity. We still have freedom to serve you in um, the body of Christ in the congregation. And let the anointing come down upon Sunni with the Holy Ghost so that she can break this down and cast her bread on many waters so that you can receive it and eat it and digest it and assimilate it and begin to walk in your anointings and callings. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. So good morning, everybody. Beautiful day. You can feel the weather changing, season changing, okay? Yes, yeah, so we are going to talk about anointing and calling this morning. So Holy Spirit, I thank you um, to anoint me to teach this and discuss this with your body of Christ and that we understand and we can walk in what you have for us. Thank you in Jesus' name. So anointing and calling. A lot of people... Uh, we're going to talk about it so we have a little more understanding, okay? And, you know, I'm telling you ahead of time, I don't know it all, but we're going to discuss it, okay? Anointing follows calling. So anointing doesn't follow if you're not called, in other words. Okay. Anointing are different from spiritual gift and calling. They can come and go, anointing can come and go, but the gifts and calling never leave you. The anointing can be lifted. The anointing can change. Did you ever thought about that? Romans eleven twenty nine talks about for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. But anointing can change. Okay, so <clears throat> gift is already there because we have a Holy Spirit. Calling, we all have calling. Because individually, when God made us, he has a calling and his plan for every one of us. So calling is there. When he calls, we need to answer. Okay, and a lot of times we have problems at our homes. So when we're calling, no one answers. Then you end up calling again and again, prison. Look! <laughs> what? How come you didn't answer me? Right? That's what happens sometimes. So when God calls, we need to answer it. And that's why it's a many are called, few are chosen, because a lot of them's not answering his call. Okay. We often fail to recognize this or mistake the anointing or the gift or calling. So when you are anointed, like if I'm anointed, and people 
were attracted to me, not because Suni is good looking or anything special, but it's anointing is to attract people because people see it, people recognize it. So when God anoints someone, you recognize that anointing. And that's who you draw to, which is God, not the person. Person is a vessel. You see many men and women God called to preach or teach, right? I can teach. Barb, you can teach. We can all teach. Then he's going to teach next week. So he can teach or preach. But few receive anointing to operate in gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why not everybody operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? It's free gift. Holy Spirit in us. So why are we not <clears throat> moving in gifts? That's a big question. Big question. Maybe some of us maybe not grown up yet, not mature enough yet. Maybe we we'll want to play with that gift. You know, like when five-year-old get the awesome gift from the parents or whoever, you know they want to show that off. They never shut up. <laughs> they, they want to take to school. They want to do all this, right? Okay. So, Lord wants to equip us, and he wants to raise us up to be mature. And, and he will give us uh, that gift my manifest here and there, but he watches us. And then he give us the recognition of what our heart is like through that gifting. So that means we need to surrender more so he can trust us with it, right? Mm -hmm. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit that establishes your ministry if you're called to ministry. Not everybody is called to ministry as a pulpit I'm talking about as a here, okay? But you are. Everybody is called to ministry of your own. Either that be your mom and dad, you're supposed to be mom and dad. Some people is not called to be mom and dad physically. Some people is called to business person. Some people is called to government. So body of Christ, head is Christ, but we are the body. We have many different parts. So we are all called. We have to do our part to be able to function as one in unity. But if we, so you need, we all need to recognize where are you called to? And that calling can change and that anointing can change. So when you recognize your calling in a season and the time, then God anoints you. That anointing will come on you for that season if that is what's for. Sometimes it's a longer season, sometimes it's not. It's like today, season change. And, and I think it's November. We have a time change coming. 
See? So our walk with the Lord, he designed for us, it changed. It never stays the same way. It better not stay the same way. Otherwise, you are deformed in a spiritually. Right? If you stay in the same size forever, there's something wrong there, right? Okay, so anointing. Gift of the Holy Spirit establish your ministry. So when you are walking in the ministry as, as a pulpit, really, then you, when you teach it, after you teach something, you should minister and the power of the Holy Spirit should touch the people. But if you come to church every day, every day, every day, and you do all this stuff, what are you supposed to do? You should, because that you know, helps you mature. Sanctification happens, right? But if nothing, if the Holy Spirit's not moving, I mean, God is alive, Holy Spirit is moving, but if it's not doing anything, there's something wrong. I think it is. Anointing that was there once does not mean it's going to be there forever. It's not. Anointing establish your calling. And that calling is different steps. That anointing is different steps. In order for you to go from the baby to 21, there's a steps that have to happen. I remember, you know, my son wanted a car. He wanted to drive my car. And he's not the age, and nor he was trained to be. But that's he wanted. My daughter did the same thing. Okay, but we cannot allow them to do that because you know they will crash and burn. With me, in it, <laughs> and guess mom and dad have to pay for it too. Okay, so heavenly Father Jesus, Holy Spirit, He knows. So he will call us from beginning. Then he began to work in us. So he can use us for a specific job he wants us to do. So when he gives you that specific job, that anointing follows. But if you're doing your own job, God did not have you do it, the anointing is not backing you up. Okay, so it's dry. It's dry. And you get burned out. Then prison... What's going on here? Yeah. So anointing have to be there. But that doesn't mean, you know, we just sit there. So if anointing doesn't come, I'm not doing nothing. That's not it either. You know, you do use natural work and the Lord will do supernatural. But you sh we should know what we are called for. And every one of you have a calling. Just that anointing is when you have a specific job, when Lord wants you to do it, then he will back you up with his anointing. Okay, so it comes and go. King Saul, you know all about his stories, right? Okay, the Israeli, they didn't want the king of king and lord of lord to be reign over us, over them. So they ask for king and God was really upset and he was sad about it he was hurt because he wanted to be their king 
So, you know, when you keep asking, he will give you what you want, but that is not his best choice. Yeah, you know, when the kids just nagging you all the time, talking about all the time, holding on to your leg, please, 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 come on. Day after day after day, you finally say, okay. But you know that is not a really good idea, but you still do it. So God does that too sometimes. But, but follows afterward. Okay? So it's the best way for his timing and what he wants to give to us instead of keep asking over and over and over and over and over to tell he say, okay, that's not my first choice. Okay, that does happen. Yeah, so there's a king Saul. And God anointed him as a king. First, he anointed him as a captain, I believe. Then after that, he anointed him as a king. And he lost his anointing. He was first king. At the old time, Old Testament time, the Holy Spirit wasn't indwelling them. It was come up on them and certain people, okay, chosen people, which is the king, the priest, and the prophet. Are the only one in the Old Testament, Holy Spirit come up on them to anoint them. So as they uh, so they were anointed not twenty four seven, but as the Lord wanted to use them, the anointing come up on them, then they speak. So that's different from Old Testament and New Testament. New Testament, we have Holy Spirit in us. When we say yes to the Holy Spirit, yes to Jesus, yes to Heavenly Father, then Holy Spirit comes. And, and make his residence in our spirit man. Okay? So we are not dead anymore in a spiritually. Okay? So he indwelled us. But Old Testament, Jesus wasn't there yet. So the Holy Spirit come up on them and leave them that way. Okay? So I'm sure everybody knew that, right? If he didn't, you know now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the Lord was speaking to Samuel. Says the Lord said to Samuel, How long would thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reign over Israel? So Samuel was really hurt because he anointed him because through the God's chosen Samuel to anoint the first king. And he really wanted Saul to do really good. But when he disobeyed and he had to tell him and then he removed him and, and he knew the, the well of the father and it hurt him. And he was mourning for him. And God said, Samuel, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? And then he knows, he knows how Samuel feels. Stop it. He said, stop mourning. Stop. Now my will, my anointing, my calling is left him and go to somebody else. So you stop it. I rejected him. Because he has a plan. I mean, he don't just come and did that just for being mean. 
God has a plan for all of us from beginning to the end. And he makes sure his plan will come, no matter what we think. All this thing going on right now, God knows. He's same yesterday, today, forever. He's sitting in the realm he sees from beginning to the end, right in front of him. So he knows all. We are the one always looking at the physical and, and, and make a decision or, or, or uh, change our attitude towards whatever is happening in front of us. But we really shouldn't because behind the physical or natural, God is working behalf for all of us, for you guys, for us, all of us. Things are going crazy, but don't get shaken up. Or try not to be, anyway. Yeah, because in the behind the scene, Lord is working. And that situation, remember the Bible verse says he's thinking different. His way are different. He don't think like we do. Yes. Yes. So the, the basically over here, Lord is kind of uh, pulling Samuel out of where he's at and, and encouraging him in a way the parents do. See? Yeah. Lord said to Samuel, how long? We say, how long? You, you know, you need to stop being depressed. Come out. Come here. Come here. Don't we do that? Yeah. So that's what God is doing. He says, fill thy horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king among his sons. Wow. Yeah. So we're talking anointing. So Old Testament, and we, in the New Testament, we still use oil. We still oil. Um, so it's not just that the Old Testament. Horn with the oil. Fill thy horn with oil. And the way I understand in the Old Testament, when they anoint king or priest or the uh, prophet, you don't just, I think like when we have that little bottle and, and when we went to Honduras, we pull a whole thing over the head and we did that here too. That is nothing. That's, that's like a teardrop. You know, at those times, they cover that oil, run it over and over. It, it covered the whole area and that fragrance of that anointing oil was all over. That's how they did it. So when we get anointed, we should be, the Holy Spirit should be running over. It goes to all over the place. But it doesn't happen that way sometimes, a lot of times. So a lot of times I ask God, why? 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 Because he can only feel where his empty place is. If I'm full of myself, he don't have no place to put too much in it. <laughs> but that was, I wasn't going to, I mean, I never even thought about that, Lord, till I said that. But, yeah. So, I mean, half empty glass. So you can only put half more. So if we are empty of ourselves, then he can feel 
more, right? More of him. The less of us. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I thought that was pretty uh, amazing. And also I want to talk about, they use base is olive oil. Base is olive oil. Pure olive oil. First crush one. First press one. Order for us to have that oil, things have to be crushed. It have to be fresh. It have to be perfectly mature, perfect condition. The vessel or the olive. Then, in order to produce that taste, order to produce that smell, order to produce that oil, it have to go into the crushing. Do I want to be crushed? I think I do, but when that happens, I scream. I cannot handle this anymore. Stop, God. Yeah. Yeah. So the Apostle Paul talked about, he went through so much. He said he acquired whatever happens in his life to hungry, to full, to the rich, the poor, and debt to life and everything. Yeah. Order to be depends on what you call to be or to do. So that extremely come depends on the level of your calling. And that level of anointing also follows. Okay. That makes sense? So, God chose somebody else. So, if you don't want it, God will choose somebody else. It will move to your next person. Yeah. So, his, his, his calling and his anointing can go to somebody else. Okay. So, Samuel has another job to do. He needs to go to Bethlehem. I'm assuming that's a battle of him to, you know, to do the, choose the second king. So that's what he's, he went to do. But then when he did that, guess what happened? He chose the least of the family. He chose the unknown. Every way he looked at, we looked at, people looked at, that person, there's no way. Not him or not her. Are you kidding me? I mean, he don't have no education. She, you, do you know she was under the bridge for several years? She's doing better now. But not her. So we look at people through their education, their status, the money, the fame the clothing, the houses, you know, the whatever. Human standard, flesh. And we ignore, we dismiss people who God chose. And we lock them down. Maybe we're Christian, good Christians, so we don't really outwardly do it. But that crosses our minds and hearts. 
So I leave that there. And he found the new jawbone of the ass and put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. You know who we're talking about, Samson here. Okay. Well, how could one man do that? I don't care how big you are. That's anointing right there. It's anointing. So when anointing person touches something, that becomes anointed too. Jawbone, yeah, it was new, so it's fresh, yeah. So it wasn't old one's been laying around and all dried up. This is new. It probably has some meat in it too. And when Samson got hold of that one, it become a weapon because he was anointed. It's a power of anointing was operating right here, supernatural. Thousand men. Can you imagine? He was covered blood, head to toe. And we see, some people see blood and they fainted. I thought I heard that somewhere. Some people could handle any blood. Yeah. But at Old Testament people, they are used to because they were always doing sacrifice. All those bloods running everywhere. Right? Every household had a lamb they have to sacrifice. Yeah? So I'm glad I don't live in those times because when Lou butcher chicken, I hide myself. <laughs> I don't want to look. I don't want to see blood. So can you imagine at that time, in Old Testament time, Yes. So this, I just put that up because that's a supernatural. That's anointing. And Jawbone, when he found it and when he grabbed it, that become his weapon. That's been anointed too. See? So when anointed person touches you, that anointing operates. Okay? That's what people are drawn to. You can make it. You can fake it. You can do all that stuff. But supernatural from God you cannot fake. Sooner or later, you can mimic it for a while, but it should produce result. Right? Yes. And right there's a result. There is no record of Samson being anointed with oil. Throughout the Old Testament, people who's been chosen, called, they were all anointed with the oil, far as I know, except him. He was called from the mother's womb. And so was Samuel in that matter. Samson lost his anointing. How? Why? <laughs> so, when God chose and call and anoint you for certain tasks. That doesn't mean you, us, do whatever we want. In fact, the higher, the more calling it is, the more you have to walk straight, narrow path. You cannot turn to the left or right. You cannot compromise, not even a little bit. A lot of the men and women of God, 
who had a great anointing, great call, a lot of time they fall because they have a Satan who's trying to knock them out. But pride sets in. And when, when people come after you, at the beginning, oh, you have a really good heart, so you, you know, do all that stuff. After a while, after a while, oh my gosh, I'm going to run away. Does happen. But you can't, see? You can't do that because sometimes testing come too. Yeah. Yeah. And as you obedience, as walking that straight, narrow path, your anointing, will get bigger because you're walking more close to the, your final call, your task. But he, he doesn't give you. He has this plan for you, this huge plan. Okay, okay well, we're going to talk about that. I think I'm getting ahead myself. So much I want to talk about, but I know I can't. So God has called you to work for him. The anointing is what enables you to walk in the power to fulfill that calling. Anointing. Okay, anointing will come up on you, but in different level. Because your destiny to that job he's given you is over there, but you're starting here. So he will anoint you for time and a season for you to finish something else in the, right there. And so that walk is step by step, and that anointing will back you up till there. Then something changes there. Then God be silent a lot of times here. He disappear. God, where are you? Where are you? King David say, how long, oh Lord, how long are you going to be silent? How long do I have to be here? But reason, he's silent here. Now he's getting things ready for you in the behind the scene so you can go some more. So everything is coming at you in the behind the scene, which is in the realm of a spirit. God is working it out in the realm of spirit you cannot see because he knows. He knows what is coming at you. You know, he knows. So he's moving those things. He's getting things ready so you'll be able to walk. He said he never give you anything you cannot handle. Right? But... He's making it adjustment behind the scenes so you can walk. Does that mean he's going to move every trouble away? No. He's going to do it so you can walk it out till next destination. Okay, you're getting closer. So in order for you to go over there to finish that task, you need more anointing. Would he not know that? So he will give you more anointing. He's for us, he's not against us. Even though these things are crazy, it's happening to us. Well, God, you call me. God, I, well, well, why is this thing happening? He said, you do, you fight. I am doing things behind the scene. That's what he's doing. So some of you, okay, I'm understanding a lot more now, so I'm sharing that. Because I had a sentence, oh my gosh, Lord, why me? Why me always? Yeah. 
you know, you, you, you chose me, you delivered me, you saved me, and all this stuff. My gosh, you delivered me from so many evil spirits. But why all this thing happening? He's building me. He's making me more like his son. So if we depend on our mind, our thoughts, and our desire, while children, grandchildren, my husband, whoever, I will, I will never be satisfied. But if we really live, give it to God and just trust him and try to walk it out daily, moment by moment, sometime have to be, sometime hour by hour, then after a while, you look back, go, wow. Did that really happen? <laughs> Is that really happened? It did. See, healing came, got stronger, got known to you to handle it more. And all those walks you went through is not vain because you'll be able to help other people too. No pain, no glory. No death, no resurrection. We pray and praise the power of that to raise Jesus from the dead. Come up on me. I speak, I say, but I'm not dead. So how could I have a resurrection? Only resurrection happens when someone's dead, right? I'm talking spiritually also. Physically, Lou and I, and we went, went to Cambodia, we tried to raise baby to death. We didn't do it. We didn't make it. It wasn't God's problem. So guess who? <laughs> okay. But one of these days, I, f I feel like since God brings somebody, somebody who's dead body to us, that means he's doing something behind the scenes. See? Okay. If we're not in front of you, if you don't practice, yeah, so it's coming. When we're dead, it's going to come up. <laughs> okay, so anointing is very important. But if you're not anointed to do certain things, you try to do your own, you get burned out. You, you get burned and crash. But every time Lord call you for certain tasks, he will back you up. He shows up every time. So let's talk about Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. Well, I thought Holy Ghost is the power. How God anointed God, Heavenly Father, anointed Jesus, Holy Ghost with power, and who went about doing good, okay? And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Really? This is the New Testament. People get oppressed by devil? Really? Oh, I thought Christian cannot have it. Well, ask me, believe me. I know I was Christian. And if I, if I was going to die that day, I knew I was going to go to heaven. I had no doubt. But I had, I had a full, full of it. Praise God. He delivered me so much. Yes. And he will do that for you if you acknowledge it. 
oppress of a devil. Okay, the oppression can be physical. Oppression can be physical, but oppression can be in your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion. And, and a lot of times, yes, physically we can see some different organs in different area is sick. Okay? A lot of, lot of times um, behind that it has some sort of operational spirits. I didn't say 100%. A lot of times. Well, because a lot of times Jesus say, he set you free, then he says, sin no more. Go, sin no more. So there's something behind there, right? Oppressed could be your, your heart. Too much pain. Things happen in your life. Okay? Jesus wasn't just casting out demons physically, but he was doing that in our soul also. Broken heart. It's, you cannot see, right? It's in soul. He healed and delivered us from that too. For God was with him. His anointing was with him. That's why. Because he came as flesh. He was a human being like us. So he had to be anointed. Be he be able to do it. You know, when Jesus was, you know, you know the story, how he was conceived by Mary. God chose Mary for the vessel. To carry virgin, to carry baby. Are you crazy? What kind of persecution she went through? Especially at those times. And, and look at what she watched. He died. What kind of, that have to be anointing from God to be whole thing, to be that kind of mother. Jesus, he, he, he was called, he was the Messiah, anointed one. Christ, anointed one. Yet, you know, he, he knew, Mary knew, right? And God saved him. He spoke to Joseph, his father, to escape the mother and death with the little babies, right? Then he brought them back. So God was with them, but they did not, God did not speak to Joseph and Mary every day. He just showed up when it's time, when it's time. So he has a time for you. Time for you. Time for me. Then Jesus said, 12, 12, 12 years age, boy, he was going to step out. It's my time. I'm going to show up. So he stayed back. He didn't tell his parents he's going to stay back. He did it on his own at 12 years old. Then he was discussing things and shocked everybody, but yet it's not his time. So guess what? Mary went and grabbed his ear and dragged him back. Yeah. He said, boy, you're not doing it. And he grew in wisdom, stature. He grew. God is raising him up to do his ultimate task, ultimate job he had. But God was silent. He wasn't speaking. Yes, he was anointed one, yeah? He was called supernaturally. He's son of God, but yet nothing was happening. Bible don't talk about his doing it. There's these crazy people talking about, oh, yeah, he rose, uh, birth from the dead and all this stuff. Bible don't talk about none of those. He grew. 
in his stature and wisdom. And nothing happened till he was 30 years old, was it, when he got baptized? First time, God spoke, oh, he's my beloved son. Right? So the Holy Spirit come down as a dove, like a dove. Holy Spirit is not a bird. That's what he initiated his calling. Yeah. For 30 years, there's nothing. God did not speak to Jesus. Not till that time, he did not just speak to him. He talked, he said to everybody who was there. He lifted him up in his hand to everyone to see. That will come if we humble ourselves, walk the walk. When it's God's time, he will lift us up in his hand for whatever he wants to show for. When we try to show ourselves, we get into trouble. I had a lot of those things. I don't know about you, but I, yeah, definitely. So Jesus not just uh, did good, and he healed spiritual, soulish, and natural. To preach deliverance to captive, recovering sight, which is sight is blind so you can see, but he did the inner wound. A lot of times we don't talk about how painful we are, what we went through. We're ashamed. We don't want people to know what, went ha- what happened to us. They just want us to know the, what you see now. This is who I am. But yet all those things inside, all tied up, all twisted up, making you sick one way to another. That bruise, he set the liberty them that are bruised. Bruising what? Inside. Jesus come to set all of us free. Heal us inside and out. He starts inside and out. Walking obedience is a deliberate decision, that action that is a depend, independence of it, difference from anointing. So because you are anointed, doesn't mean you are exempt from sinning. In fact, you need to watch yourself more. That doesn't cover you. Anointing lower back you up. He called you for certain task. Then he'll back you up with the anointing. So you're trying to do something. If he's not anointing you, you might as well sit down. Just do good work. The anointing does not insulate person from sinning. Otherwise, Samson will not have fallen into immorality. And many times, as he did, I mean, he was, yeah, but he was chosen one. Anointing can be depleted, and, in, and also you get weakened. So we cannot do that. You know, once you, I mean, if you take thousand, thousand out with the jawbone, won't you be tired? You have to rest too, right? Yeah, you cannot be jumping up and down. 24-7 because you anointed. People want, if you're really anointed, you're really impacting, 24-7 people will be around you because they want you to touch them. Yeah, But you need to be smart, not because you don't want to, but you need to get some rest. 
right? So some of you, Lord's going to raise you up in that level. You better remember what I say. <laughs> okay, so the battery is recharge time. Recharging time, which we need to do that. You cannot be ministering over and over and over. You cannot be working in a 14-hour, 15-hour day, every day, every day. So you, everything has to be balanced. Everything has to be balanced. Spe especially if you're anointed. If your body is weak, your anointing doesn't operate too well because you're so exhausted. And if you're, you know, and, and anointing does help you after you are doing your ministry, if you're called to ministry, and after anointing lifts you, then you go down. <laughs> Yeah. You just become so tired, you just pass out basically sometime. It doesn't been happening to me lately, but it did happen before. So what does that mean? Do I need to charge, recharge? Yes. It is necessary for constant renewal and reinforcement. We have to examine ourselves. The most of people around us will not tell you that. Okay? They will not say it. So we have to really sit before the Lord and really examine ourselves, ask Holy Spirit to reveal things which we do not see or know. And and those who really walking with the Lord best you can, and the Lord will remind you, the Holy Spirit will check you. And things you said, how you walked, what you thought about, and how you reacted. <laughs> that happens to me all the time. I'm going, oh my gosh. I know I'm safe, so I will not doubt that. But sometimes I'm going, oh my goodness, soon you're supposed to get better, not worse. But I do think I am better. But what's inside of me, which I didn't know I have, Lord, is revealing more. It's time to fix. Okay. Yes. So renewal, reinforcement. Think about Joseph. Think about Joseph. He was a dreamer, they call his family. You know, the, his father, Jacob, Loved him so much even way before this incident happened. So he was outcast by his brothers already before this thing happened, before dream came. Then he blabbered his mouth. And even Jacob said, boy, be quiet. Who's going to what? Right? But look at what happened to him. God called him to be second in the Egypt. And he wasn't even there. He saw that dream. He didn't know what that man was. Then he become interpreting the dream, right? But look at how his life was. He was sold. He was captive. He was a slave. You don't know what old thing they did to him. When people in prison, the slavery or whatever, you don't know what, they, what goes on unless you've been there. 
I know a little bit about it. So you don't know what he went through. Bible doesn't talk about each incident that happened to him. But can you imagine? It wasn't accidentally captured and be sold to slavery. I mean, his family, his brother did it. What kind of rejection is that? What kind of hate? He felt the rejection even from when he was little because his father favored him so much. So can you imagine that? All those pain he had, but God was with him. I mean, you, we should talk about this sometime. What, kind, what if this kind of stuff? Then he got caught. He got sold. Finally, bought him, put him in the house. So I bet he was relieved. My gosh, finally, I'm at some place, have a shelter. Some place, I'm not really being beaten, whatever else it comes. So Lord was with him and raised him up in that household. So when he thought everything going well, he forgot about the dream because so much torment came with him in his life for a long time. So he forgot about the dream. He was just surviving. Then he thought, oh, I finally made it at the Potiphar's house. Wow, I'm, I'm, he gave me all the charges except his wife and, you know, I'm good now. Wow, thank you, Lord. Then... Satan had another trick in to come after him sexually. And he did the right thing, but he had her clothes in his hand. And he got caught that way. So what are you going to say? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. But I have her clothes in my hand. How are you going to get out of that one? So it wasn't over. God wasn't over. No pain, no glory. He look at what he went through to be a second. Then he had to face his family. See, but God wanted to save his family. God wanted to save Jacob and his lineage. Yeah? Because Jesus is coming from that family bloodline, right? One of them, Judah, right? So God had this plan. Way, way different than our imagination even go. To bring Joseph into the place where he's at so he can save those 70 Jacob's family and the rest of the household to go into next history. So you think you were going through a tough time? Would he have a plan for you, Gloria? Would he have planned for you? Yeah? Yeah. Danny, Lou, you guys, all of you. He's got planned. Just just we just cannot even imagine what he's thinking, what he's planning. For good. It looks bad now. For I don't know how long it's gonna look bad later. But is he is for us, not against us. He would do it. And he would anoint you to walk it out. If you and me just trust him. Oh, I'm stuck. Oh, here we go. Energizer. Woohoo! 
Let's go. Okay. We cannot stop now, right? We gotta continue seeking him, continue crying out, continue, okay? Somebody called me all the time, all the time, all the time. Finally, I got tired of it. And I said, I am not you, God. Don't depend on me. I can pray for you or whatever, but you have to do the fighting. Well, I don't want to fight. I'm tired of fighting. I said, you got two choices. What is it? I said, either you can ask the Lord to take me home or Satan, you can have me. So which way is going to be? Well, I don't want neither. Okay, then fight. And I'm not going to pray for you either. And I hung up. Yeah, then, no, no, I felt really bad. So I began to pray for her. After, you know, I didn't pray with her, but I prayed for her after I hung up. Soon is really bad. <sighs> yeah. So how are we going to recharge? Okay. Be Jew 20. But E, you, beloved, building up yourself on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Okay. So God given us gift. Okay. Pray in a spirit. Build our most holy faith. So that's another way. Right. We're going to use everything God given us. Right. Daily fellowship with God. Praying and fast will help. Read the word, meditate. Obedience will go a long way to help keep our anointing fresh and overflowing. It's not good enough to just be anointed. It has to be overflowing. We are the vessel. God wants to do that. How much do we want? How much do you want? I challenge you. How much do you want? God is no respect of person. More we empty ourselves, more he can come in. He's there. He's there already. I mean, I'm not saying he can come in. He's there, but he can move, I should say, that way. David said his cup run it over through the, the shadow of a valley of dead or something like that, right? Am I saying that right? Yeah. And can you eat? If God set up the table before your enemy, can you eat? Yeah? Okay. I don't know. I have to be there to see. Check me. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's, it's a lot of things Lord says. Really, it's a hidden meaning. If we just sit with the Holy Spirit and meditate, and what does that really mean to me? Every word is meant differently to you individually. First Samuel fifteen twenty two and Samuel say, the Lord has great delight in burnt offering and sacrifice, which is, this is what he say, okay? Because the South say he wants to do sacrifice and offer to the Lord, but his intention wasn't. So he says the obey is better than sacrifice and hearken than, than fat of a ram, which is he totally disobeyed God. So there is a consequence when we go against Ten Commandments. I'm also talking about not physically, but intent of your heart. 
And all the statutes and all the, his law, his commandment, when we go against that, there are some of them, it comes with that penalty. Okay? And God doesn't really kill you, kill you himself, but his law, his rules, his regulation already set up in the heavenly. And when we go against that, those things come automatically. Certain sin is worse than another. So just think about it and study about it and ask Holy Spirit to help you, anoint you. So you do have, we all of us to have a fear of the Lord. It is spirit. Fear of the Lord is spirit. And the, and, and the you grace, God's grace can carry us to our destination without being empty. Okay, brother and sister, I'm done. So I hope this uh, helped you in some way. So uh, I, I want to thank you for listening. And hopefully this will uh, give you more understanding. And and Holy Spirit, help us to walk it out. All right, now it's time for praise and worship. Hallelujah. Come on. No, 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 no. It's time for. There you go. Time to get excited and give him joy. Amen. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord. We are strength. God, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. We give you the praise and all the honor and all the glory. Hallelujah. Let it be a sweet sound into your ear. Jesus. And who am I? Lord, you are worthy, friend of God. You call us a friend, and we call you a friend. Let it be a sweet sound, Father God. We want to worship you on a higher and on a deeper level, Lord, right now. In the name of Jesus, get out of our comfort zones. Sing, who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call, singing, is it true? And is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me. It's amazing singing, who am I? Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear me when I call. Singing, is it true, Lord? And is it true that you are thinking of me? How you love me. Come on, it's amazing. It's amazing. Because I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friends. Because I am a friend of God. Yes, we are. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Sing, who am I that you are mindful of me? 
that you hear me when I call saying is it true Lord and is it true that you are thinking of me it's how you love me singing it's amazing it's amazing it's amazing it's amazing oh, I am a friend of God I am a friend of God come on declare it saying I am a friend of God he calls me I am a friend of God. Whoa, I am a friend of God. Yes, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. Yes, he does. He calls me friend. Sing God Almighty. Lord of glory, you have called me friends. Sing God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friends. God God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friend. Yes, you have. Sing God Almighty, Lord of glory, you have called me friend. Yes, I am a friend of God. Yes, I am. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Come on, sing it out loud. Sing, I, I am a friend of God. Nice and loud. I am a friend of God. We're declaring it right now. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I am a friend of God. Whoa, I am a friend of God. Yes, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Hallelujah. 
I am a friend of God. Whoa, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. He calls me friend. Hallelujah. Come on, give him some praise this morning. Lord of Lords, you are worthy, Father God. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where the streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Yes, it is. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. And every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Jesus, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name, blessed be your name, when the sun is shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing, and every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, come on, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes, and Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Yes, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Because you give and take away. You give and take away. My 
heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. Father, I see that you were drawing a line in the sand, and I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand, so let your kingdom come, let it live in me, this is my prayer, this is my plea. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand, and I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come, let it live in me. This is my prayer, this is my plea, let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. Come on, people. I'm surrendering my all. I surrender to the King. Come on, worshipers. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. surrender to the King. And Father, I hear it growing louder, the song of your redeemed, and as the saints of every nation are awakening to sing, and from our hearts there comes an anthem, oh, hear the heavens ring. This is our song, a song to our King. Let the worshipers arise. Come on, lift your voices. Let the sons and the daughters sing. Lord, we're gonna sing. I'm surrendering my God. Lord, we surrender. I surrender to the King. To the King. Worshippers arise, Lord, we're gonna let it rise. And the sons and daughters sing. Come on, lift your voices, let them sing. I'm surrendering my all, Lord, we surrender. I surrender to. Come on, where's my worshippers? Come on, let your worshippers arise. The worshippers arise. Lift your voices, let the sons and the daughters sing. I'm surrendering my all. I surrender to the King.
Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, worship him on your own. Lord of Lords and Alpha and Omega, be the beginning and the end. Father God, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. We thank you for this time. We can come and give you honor and glory. Let it be a sweet sound into your ear. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, Lord of hosts, God Almighty, our friend, our Father, who was and is and is to come in Jesus' name. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength today as you move forward and march on with each and every single step. Keep your eyes focused on him, on that straight and narrow path. Do not fall to the left or to the right, but keep your eyes on him. And praise his mighty name, for we are here and alive to spread his magnificent name to others. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Let me pray for the message. Father in heaven, I thank you for this time. We can come into the house of the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. What an awesome worship. To us, you're in the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of the Lord. I ask you to anoint me. For this message that I can teach it and the people will receive it and they will be able to operate in this area and I call it done by faith in Jesus name amen, amen. oh we want to uh, Elena look at you can't see it probably on the internet but maybe you can see this we have a interior decorator that beautifies our church and um, we changed the season this month, and so she changed the... Alina, thank you for what you do here to make the church look so beautiful. Yeah, we appreciate you. We appreciate you so much. All right, I'm going to talk on the 10 days of awe. Now, uh, you won't find that in the Bible, and Stan does not talk about that, but you do find 10 days in the Bible. And so this is a season right now, and we have... I'll just say God's calendar. So we have spring feast, and we have Pentecost in the middle, and then the fall feast, which um, are in, we're in it right now. So I think uh, Monday, last week on Monday was Rosh Hosanna, trumpets. And it's a two-day feast, and then you have ten days. They're included in that. And it, uh, October 4th is Judgment Day or Day of Atonement. So that's what I'm going to talk about. I call this an open and shut case. Just think in your mind, open and shut. An open door, an open heaven, open windows, closed doors or windows. So Jesus taught things about the spiritual realm with things that we could see. So visualize doors and windows opening and closing. Here you go. First door still can. Second door still can't. Hopefully that will help. Yeah, you might turn that fan off. I think it's getting very sensitive. Third door, now you can. And fourth door, now you can't. So in the Bible, you will find, in, especially in Revelation, the doors are open or the doors are closed. Also in Isaiah. Here we go. I think this is Leslie's favorite scripture, one of her favorite scriptures. Isaiah twenty-two, twenty-two, The key of the house of David... Will I lay upon his shoulders, that is Jesus, so he shall open, and none shall shut, and he shall shut, and none shall open. 
So the Lord is in control of everything. It doesn't matter how much chaos and wars and famines, rumors of war and all this craziness that's going on. He's not dismayed. He's not surprised. He's not sweating. He's not nervous. He's on his throne, and he's in control of everything. So he gets to decide what doors open, when they open, when they close, what doors close, and how it's done. So uh, this is the scripture, and Jesus said, I give all power and authority unto you. So we can ask for these doors to open and close, and because we have the blood of Jesus on our hearts, the Lord will um, open and close doors for us. Now, it doesn't mean it will happen every time, but we do have authority in, in Christ. Amen? Amen? So just think of this scripture. What are the windows of heaven? Just meditate on that. You know, uh, God is a spirit now. Jesus is a spirit now. Holy Ghost is a spirit. But in heaven, in the eternal things, uh, it's still real. In fact, it's more real than what we're seeing right now because this is temporal. It's all going to burn and disappear. But the Lord says, my word will never disappear, will never change. And so heaven is real and so is hell. But just visualize this. Now, this is a window and a door, but you get the idea. Open windows and closed windows or open doors and closed doors. Amen. So get that in your head. We want to talk about the elephant in the room. This talks about the windows of heaven in Genesis seven eleven. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month of the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and what was opened? The windows, the Lord opened up the windows of heaven. This is not just, you know, a story. Uh, this is real. There are windows in heaven. Here we go again. Genesis 8, 2. The fountains also of the deep and the what? Windows of heaven. The windows of heaven were stopped. In other words, the Lord closed the windows. In the heavens, the rain from the heavens was restrained. So we are in a season, and uh, I like the season in the natural. It's finally we have some decent weather. It's not 100 degrees in the shade, amen, in Texas. <laughs> we have nine months of good now. But uh, Feast of Trumpets is... Um, was September 25th and 26th, if I got my dates right. I believe it was Monday and Tuesday. It's the only feast that's a two-day feast. Why is it only a two-day feast? Because no man knows the day or the hour. So it's a two-day feast. I won't get into all the reasons why that is. It's just a two-day feast. And it was on the 25th and 26th. And now you count 10 days, which the days of awe are not in the scriptures, but the Jews have the saying, 10 days of awe, and something is supposed to be happening between those. Now, I want you to understand there is canon and scripture, and then there are traditions of man. Amen? So know the difference. The 10 days of awe are traditions of man, but there are 10 days. Wow, I'm popping. Okay, at the end of 10 days, we have Yom Kippur, or Day of Atonement. And if um, you are Jewish, that's the most holiest day of the year. And what happens then is the priest will take the blood into the Holy of Holies, and he'll sprinkle it seven times on the altar for the remission of sins. 
And they do a whole lot of things, which I'm not going to go into today, like uh, they cast lots for two goats. They call that the scapegoat or the escaped goat, where they take the goat that lives into the wilderness, which is a picture of the curse being broken. So Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. So it is finished in the spirit, but you have to acclimate it into your own life to make this stuff work. It just doesn't fall out of heaven onto your head and, and you get this wonderful blessing. You have to realize there's a curse. It's still operating. Break it. First you repent, which is really what my message is today. So Day of Atonement. Let's just look at um, God's calendar. Rosh Hosanna, which symbolizes the new year in the middle of the summer. And we have, you could say a, well, let's say it this way. This is a holy calendar. This is a temple calendar. If you're Jewish, this is a temple calendar. They also have a civic calendar. Our civic calendar starts, um, I believe it's April 15th, it's tax day. But they reset it at January 1. So, you know, on December, the last week's, Pastor Stan will say, if you want to get your offering in to count, do it now. And then they reset. So there's different times and seasons. But they have two calendars. They have a civil calendar and a holy calendar or a temple calendar. This is your God's calendar, Rice Hosanna or Feast of Trumpets, at two days. And then you have ten days. This is what the Jews call ten days of awe. To Yom Kippur, which is Day of Atonement, the most holiest day for the priest to walk in and absolve. First he absolves his sins and then the sins of the people. Amen? Amen. And you have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life or the Book of Death. Now, I can't prove there's a Book of Death in heaven, but I do know the scripture says, I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal, and there's no man or no one that can deliver out of my hand. This is God. We really don't have to fear Satan. What we need to do is fear the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because he can take your life in a heartbeat, or he can give you life in extended and bless you. And uh, in fact, when they crossed the Jordan River, uh, it says, um, Joshua said, choose this day who you will serve. I set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore, you know, because he knew we would make the wrong decision, he says, choose life. And so these things are operating even today, the blessings and the curses. There's consequences for sin and disobedience to the Lord. So I can't prove there's a book of death, but uh, even in Revelation 20, verse 12, it says, I saw the dead, small and great, and the books were opened, and other books were opened, and they were judged out of the book of life. So I can't prove there's a book of the dead, but trust me, there's going to be on Day of Atonement many weeping and gnashing of teeth and sent into the lake that burns with fire, which we call hell. And we don't want to go there. Amen? Amen. Now, I said all of that to give you a little background. This is tradition of man. I want you to understand that. For 30 days, they've been blowing the shofar, right? And you do that for different reasons, for prophet, priest, and king, but they're saying, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. In other words, get ready. So if you knew next Sunday that Jesus was going to be here in this church, you would probably, you know, change the way you're doing business, right? 
you make sure you had all your sins repented of and you didn't do anything wrong and you'd have your best clothes on and you would come in ready to praise and worship the king if we knew he was going to be right here next week right it'd be a different day in church amen, amen. well that's what they're doing so they're blowing the shofar get ready get ready the king is coming it's a picture and what you're supposed to be doing is repenting and getting right stop doing the you know the secret sins and the crazy things that we all get tempted by the devil to do turn let me turn this off and move this down popping i'm popping i'm melting Okay, they're blowing the trumpet means get ready, get your life right. You know, stop doing the nonsense and, and walk holy before the Lord. And if you haven't, by the time Rice Hosanna is over or Feast of Trumps is over, if you haven't got it right yet, you still have eight more days to get it right. And this is the season that they say the windows of heaven are open. And if you get it right, on this day, the windows close, which is October 4th. And if you've done it right, you'll be sealed for one more year for either the blessings or the curses. Now, just so you know, this is tradition of men, but I think the Jews have a lot of things that are good pictures. I'm not saying this is canon. You got that, right? But it's a picture. Now, think about this. There's nothing, you, you all know, there's nothing we can do in secret that will not be revealed on Judgment Day. Amen? So here we have Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life that both you and thy seed may live. Where it says, thy seed may live, that doesn't mean you're going to have wonderful cucumbers and sweet corn in your garden. That seed is your children. Because the cursing in Deuteronomy will go down from the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. They also have a ten-generational curse. And it doesn't matter if you have under either one because most people in America don't understand this type of stuff. And if you have a curse on your life and you don't know that there's a curse there, it just self-perpetuates. And it goes on and on and on. So that's why you see some families, they have suicide. They have drug abuse from grandfather down to dad, down to the children. It just goes on and on and on until you come to a church that is teaching this and you go, hmm, I think I might have that in my family. I need to break that. And so we will show you how to do that today. It's very simple. Even though Jesus hung on the cross, it says the curse is broken. You have to acclimate it into your own life. It's just not going to, you know, salvation is free, but sanctification, you got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What's that mean? Work out your own deliverance. Work out your own healing. Break your own curses. That's what that means. It just doesn't happen automatically because you go, Jesus, come into my heart. Because if that was the case, everybody in church would have a perfect life, right? But we all have problems. You know who don't have problems? The graveyard. 
nice and quiet out there. No problems, no bills, no taxes. So as long as we're alive, we have to fight. You know, it's a battle. Amen? Amen. Come on, Lou. Yeah. So this is uh, Traditions of Man uh, on Rosh Hosanna. It is written on Yom Kippur. It is sealed. So what I'm telling you in this season, it's the time to get it right before the Lord so that you can be blessed. The windows of heaven will pour out for you another year. Just another slide. You may be inscribed and sealed for a good year. Day of judgment. See, they got two judgments. You know, they got the, um, the judgment for God's children, and then they have the great white throne judgment, which is for the unsaved. Their names are not written in the Lamb's book of life. So really, judgment day is not bad for us if we're in Christ. You know, we will be judged, and we'll get our blessings in our mansion. And we'll be able to walk through the walls without doorknobs. So it's going to be a good thing, even though in the natural it's going to be a bad thing because dark clouds, gloom and doom, and the fire will go before and behind as a wasteland. Jesus is not going to come back as a soft, cuddly lamb. He's going to come back with a rod of iron and slap a few people around that we know who some of those people are. Praise God. Yom Kippur is about a door opening and a door closing. The final door in heaven is closed on that day. The final door is the final day, the day of the Lord that Pastor Stan talks about. But um, it's a picture. And, you know, uh, they do these feasts every year, right? It's like we celebrate Passover uh, 2022. We'll still celebrate Passover 2023. It's a picture, kind of like what we do with communion. It says, do this as often as you eat and drink in remembrance of me. So... You know, you're not under the law. You don't have to do Passover and Pentecost. We don't have to go to Jerusalem. But it's a good thing we get to celebrate those things. And it's just a picture of it's God's attitude and how he's thinking and how he operates. And things happen on these days if you watch in the spiritual realm. Anyway, uh, Revelation 3.20. This would be in red. In your King James Bible, Jesus speaking, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Knock, knock, knock. I'm busy. Keep knocking, but you can't come in. That's where a lot of Christians are. I'm saying Christians, not the world. Okay? The resistance comes from the Christians. You know, we come to church, we dress up, and then we praise the Lord, and then we go out and live like the devil all week, right? I'm even talking to myself, um, driving to church this morning, and Mrs. Young goes, you're not racing. You're not racing. I almost got a ticket because I was racing down the highway, and uh, the guy in front of me slammed on his brakes, and I look up, there's a cop sitting there. <laughs> that happened about a mile from church. So even Pastor Lou has the flesh try to rise up. You know, I'm not immune from these things you guys... You know, I, I put my pants on one leg at a time like y'all. Okay, so I'm, I'm real. I live in the same world you do. My flesh wants to ride. It wants to do what it wants to do. But, you know, uh, when it comes to the, to the um, deliverance, you know, the demons are not, everything that we suffer is not from demons. Um, a lot of it is we open the door to our own stupidity. I'm talking about me. There's no substitute for crucifying the flesh. 
Deliverance is no substitute for crucifying the flesh. We've got to sanctify ourselves, right? Suni was talking about, I thought she did wonderful. This morning talking about the anointing. Why can't we get more anointing? It's because we're too full of ourselves. So we've got to empty ourselves out. And, and there is a scripture that says, I must decrease so he must increase. Amen. We've got to get rid of ourselves, empty ourselves out, and then we can get filled I mean, you know, I know the Holy Ghost is on in all of us, but, you know, some, some of us don't have very much in us. We need to empty ourselves out so we can get, like Jesus was anointed with the full power. We need to be anointed with the full power. Then we can really, can you imagine if, when we got here, 30 people today, if we, everyone was in full power of the Holy Ghost, we could change Plano in one day with our prayers. It'd be awesome. You know, I'm just, I'm getting off track here, but there was a pastor named Billy Sunday, and the anointing he had was he'd ride on a train, and he'd go through the city, and people would come out of the bars and repent and turn to Jesus, and they'd close those bars down and turn them into churches. Now, that's an anointing. Okay, not a very good representation of Jesus, but just think, uh, you know, look at the terry cloth towel on his head. <laughs> He's knocking on your door. <laughs> so when he knocks, it'd be a good idea for you to say, come in. Amen? Still talking about doors and windows, open heavens. Luke 13, 25. When once the master of the house has risen up and has shut to the door. This is not a good scripture here. This is scary. And you begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you. We don't want to hear this. I know you not whence you are. You know, think about Noah and the ark when the Lord opened up the windows of heaven. And, you know, he can put, you know, when the Lord sends things down, it don't always have to be a blessing, right? You know, when he wiped mankind out with a flood, uh, only eight people got blessed. Everybody else, you know, had to swim with the fishies. What, um, what type of lights did Noah put on the uh, ark? Floodlights. Floodlights. <laughs> we don't want to hear this, see? We want to walk with the Lord. Well, think about Noah, you know, the, the, they'd never seen rain, so the Lord closed the door and it started raining, and then the people were on their beat and let me in, let me in, you know, I repent, but it was too late. So we don't want to wait till it's too late. So what do some people do on Day of Atonement? They fast, especially if you're Jewish and you're Orthodox, you're going to fast. Uh, not saying we have to, but fasting is good. It, it uh, humbles your flesh and... Uh, cleans out your ears and uh, takes off the programming of the TV, the radio, the news, and society so that you can hear God's voice because he don't always talk loud like I do. He whispers. Still small voice. Amen? Here's where we're going is repent. This season right now is the time to repent before the Lord. And this slide says, people on earth hate to hear the word repent. I don't want to repent. Those in hell wish they could. Amen. So we should be repenting. Here's the wailing wall. They're repenting. Okay, now, uh, this is a really short list. 
But I'm just going to say the average American Christian has no idea what sin really is. We think and have been taught that if you didn't murder somebody, rob a bank, or rape somebody, that you and God have a deal. The deal with God is no deal. Same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I'm just going to go over a few things that um, we wouldn't necessarily think are sin, but they are sin. So I remember on my journey with the Lord back in Iowa, we went to a Methodist church for a while, and they would have this thing uh, that they would say like a declaration. I don't remember what it was called. Maybe you do, Suni. But they would say, forgive me for the things that I have left undone and also for the things that I have done against your word and against your will and for the things that I have said and for the things that I have not said. Because sometimes we should be saying things when we don't and sometimes we should be doing things when we don't. Amen? So, you are going to, this is only a suggestion, but it's a good one. Repent for the mistakes we commit under duress and willingly. Now, we don't think we sin willingly, but I can guarantee you, um, when I was coming up the road trying to pass his car, you know, I was in control of the car, and I had my foot down on the gas pedal, and uh, I didn't get in front of the guy. <laughs> but soon he was going, don't be racing. So, you know, if, if the scripture says, if you know to do right and do not do it, uh, that is sin. Or, or if you do it without faith, to you it is sin. So if we know that we're supposed to be doing something according to the word of God and we're not doing it, and we know it, to us, that is sin. So, under duress, you know, anybody ever get mad and you said, I'm talking to myself, Sunni. Sunni is always, you know, I get a lot of sermons. Today I didn't get a sermon on the way in, but I will tell you this. I made four PowerPoints this week because for some reason I lost the two PowerPoints that I made for today. And so... Soon he goes, you better put them on a stick. So I went and I go like, man, I can't find them. It was like, what, Saturday morning? So 6 o'clock Saturday morning, I started making her PowerPoint. And then Saturday afternoon, I put this one together. So I've made four PowerPoints. Now, that's, I'm not giving credit to the devil for doing that. But, you know, I'm not the most smartest IT guy either. So, but some resistance. Anyway, uh, I didn't lose my cool on that. But, you know, when you get mad, sometimes words come out, right? that maybe aren't going to glorify the Lord, Mm -hmm. they're laughing. They know what I'm talking about. Or uh, you have a fight with your wife. We don't fight much anymore. We used to fight. You know, if you would have saw me in SUNY when we, how many years we've been together? Almost 30 years? years 30 years married. We've been together a while. So the first three years before we even got married, we're still sinners you would have thought these two are never, ever going to make it because we fought like cats and dogs. We're both (laughs) drinking like fish, too. Cussing, smoking, drinking. We look like the devil. We live like the devil, and we talk like the devil. And then, you know, God, no, this did happen. God did supernaturally, you could say, just drop a golden brick on our house. 
because one day God showed up and everything changed. A supernatural event. So you can tell you all about it. But we, we make, uh, you know, we sin with our mouth, right? And our words. Amen? Amen. Repent for the mistakes we committed before you for having a hard heart. Now, I know I'm only talking to myself. No, you're not. Because you guys are all wonderful people. You're smiling, you're dressed nice, you're happy, and uh, you would never have a hard heart. You know, but, and you know something? The Lord has softened. This piece of stone, he softened it. And I got a long way to go. But it's happening. I'm being sanctified. And I'm getting to look more like Jesus. So he'll do that for you too, not just for Pastor Lou. But, uh, you know, if you have a hard heart, you know, repent. And then ask the Lord to help you with your walk. And some people call and go, I got this, 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 and then goes on and on and on. And I need prayer. And many times I will pray that that will be lifted. But sometimes I don't pray for it to be lifted. I pray for them to... Have a strong back, strong back, so that you can carry that load. Because some of you got some big loads you're carrying. And, you know, the load isn't going to get prayed off. So you have to be able to be like Samson and carry that load. So some of you need to be have a strong back and not ask the Lord to remove that because he's has a plan that you, you know, can't get in your head. He's trying to speak to you, but you're going, I don't like it, I don't want it, and I'm not having any of it, but you're not getting out of it either. You know who I'm talking about, you guys, right, that are in that. You know, we've been in it, right, Sunni? We've been in that. Well, I know what it's like. You can't pray it off. you got to bear up. Here's uh, something you can repent for. Yes, Sunni, I repent for pride. She tells me I've had a few sermons of that in the car. You know, it's 45 minutes into our house to the church, so many Sundays I have two sermons. I have Sunni's sermon, and, and she's a good woman. I'm, I'm not picking on you. I'm, I'm, uh, it sounds like I am, but... We've got to put the pride down, and you know, most of the people can say a pride comes before a fall, but really the scripture is pride comes before instruction destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So pride is not a good thing. And we go, oh, I'm so proud of my children. You know, probably okay to say that. But, you know, when everybody knows that you have a chip on your shoulder bigger than your head, you know, they're walking on eggshells because they don't want to say something because you're going to grab them by the neck and, and smack them around, you know, tongue lash them. You don't know you got pride, but everybody else does. Amen. This is a sin that nobody knows they have. So that's a thing you can repent for. Amen. Amen. Oh, there's a scripture, Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Pride goes before destruction. Are you prone to outbursts? <laughs> I better move over so I don't get hit by lightning. Are you prone to outbursts? Sooner I'm much better than I used to be. <laughs> My bloodline on my father's side had uh, anger, and he used to tell me that the youngs would drive. This is back in horse and buggy day. They're farmers, so they're out in the country, boring, six days a week. Saturday night, they go into town, run into the beer taverns, and uh, 
everybody's happy except the youngs. They cause a problem so they can beat, start fighting. They're fighters. And so nothing has to be wrong. They just make a scene, make a problem, start picking on somebody, and then they're fighting. They have a big old fist fight, and that's how they have a good time. That was my bloodline. So, you know, do I have, yeah, Sunni says not anymore. Yes, we've broken that. But you know what? The flesh still wants to rise up. I like to get things done in a timely manner. I like things to go my way. And if they don't, you know, I just tell the people, get out of my way or I'm going to walk on you because I'm going over here. I'm going to get the job done. So not always the best idea, you know. So if this is you, it'd be a good time to repent for that. Yeah, a picture says a thousand words. You see the little boy, he's going, na 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 Okay, I got to tell on myself. Soon he says, I know what your problem was, Pastor Lou. You never listened to your mother. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, here we go. Are you kidding me? You know, who wants to be around this guy? Some of you got children that act like this, amen? We did. Don't call me back. You can just see it, right? And then <laughs> break the phone in half when you slam it down. Y'all got cell phones, so you don't do that now. Road rage. You know, right here in Dallas, they're shooting people. They don't even stop the car anymore. They just roll down the window and shoot them. While they're driving, they don't have time to get out and fist fight. <laughs> it's, it's insane. Repent for this, for harsh speech and evil tongue, which in Scripture is the curse of leprosy for your words. So I have a story that I'm going to tell you. A man went to his pastor and he goes, like, I've said some things to some people that I would like to repent for and I'd like to have my, this is not a Catholic priest or anything, just a pastor, but he, I want my sins forgiven. I want them absolved. And he goes, okay, what, what should I do? And the pastor says, go home, get your feathered pillow, take it out downtown, rip it open and go on every street corner and throw out feathers. I goes, that sounds weird, but okay. So he went out with his pillow, went downtown, started throwing handfuls of feathers out on every street. And he comes back to the pastor and goes, okay, I threw all those feathers out. What should I do now to get my sins forgiven? And the pastor says, go back out to where you threw the feathers out and pick up every single one of them. And goes, that would be impossible. And he says, yes, so with your words. Once they're out, you can never get them back. So, that's called feathers in the wind. I have that problem. But I'm getting better, right, Suni? <laughs> you know, I just want you to know, if you haven't figured it out already, Pastor Lou is not perfect. I am not perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. But I'm trying. I'm trying. And I'm asking the Holy Ghost to help me. And um, I do repent on a daily basis. But in this season, I'm doing it a lot more often because I know 
from Rice Hosanna to 10 days later, Day of Atonement, whether it's written in scripture the way the Jews describe it or not, I do believe the windows of heaven are open and on Day of Atonement, I do believe they're closed. Now, can we get our prayers answered 365 days a year? Yes, we can. We certainly can. But there is a season that we're in right now tied to the Feast of the Lord. And Day of Atonement is a serious day. You know, especially when we think of the book of Revelation and Jesus coming back and going to wipe everything out except for the holy people of God. It's serious. So we should be crying out to the Lord and asking for help and repenting. You know, it even says uh, if you bring your gift to the altar and you have ought against your brother, put the gift aside, go and reconcile with your brother first, and then present your altar uh, gift at the altar because the Lord wants you to have a clean heart. This is important to God. It may not seem important to you, but there are many, many more sins that we could go into. And if you really want to know, first you got the Ten Commandments. Then you have Deuteronomy 28, which shows all the blessings and the curses. There's much more cursing or disobedience and sins. Those are sins. The, the curses are sins. If you do this, I will do that. You know, so the Lord... You know, when you understand he's the same yesterday and today and forever, we want to do it right. Amen? This is the season to repent. Every day is a good day to repent, but this season is an awesome time to repent. So on Judgment Day, you can stand before the Lord and you can say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord, even though we're alive on earth. We can be in the Spirit and being blessed. Yes, absolve my evil words. Feathers in the wind. Okay, it's impossible to get them back. And I'm not saying that you can be perfect, especially myself, but we do need to think about these things. It's good to take a time this Sunday and think about how we speak. Suni, I'm listening. I'm, I'm preaching to myself today, Suni. And Suni, but she's more sweeter than I am. Unforgiveness, I... See, I spelled it wrong, right? The two E's and the Ness. Unforgiveness. Sorry. Spell check doesn't work on my PowerPoint. Unforgiveness. This is a big one. And, you know, in man's sight, many people would be guilty of an offense where they would not be forgiven. But in the sight of God, there's no one that is... Um, beyond unforgiveness and let's see what this next slide is okay this story here I cut this way down to one scripture but this uh, talks about the man that had um, we would say millions in debt and uh, the Lord said I would want you to repay and he goes give me time give me space I will repay and he just said I forgive you. I wiped the slate clean. And then he went to his servant and he owed him $100 and he grabbed him by the neck and threw him in prison. And so the Lord was wroth with him. And this is the last scripture of that story. I want you to think about this. See, sin has consequences. And sometimes when we sin, you know, I get these phone calls. They go, I've sinned the sin unto death. 
And I go, no, you haven't. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. No, you haven't. Well, it sure seems like it did. Well, no, you haven't. And they say, how do you tell? And I say, because you're alive. You know, Ananias and Sapphira, they send the sin unto death and lie to the Holy Spirit, and they drop dead right in church. That was a sin unto death. So we think we've done so bad that we're going to die, but we don't. But look at this. This is the last scripture. It says, and his Lord, which is our Lord Jesus, was wroth. That means he was very, 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 very angry and delivered him to the tormentors. Well, think about that in the spirit. We have this saying, it's not a biblical name of a spirit, but um, we call it a tormenting spirit. A little baby can't sleep. They cry all the time. It's not normal for a baby to cry all the time. It's normal for them to cry sometimes when they're hungry or when they're tired. But you got a child crying and can't sleep at all and wears you out, wears dad out, wears grandma, grandpa out, the whole family. They've been to the doctor, can't find nothing wrong. The kid's stolen a fit 24-7. He's got a tormenting spirit. This stuff is real. And we have authority over it in Jesus' name. But this says, if you don't forgive, the Lord is going to turn you over to the tormentors. These are demons. You know, demons have names. They're, they're like people except their spirit. They have a name. They have an assignment. They have a, a function. They have a personality. You know, it's all bad. They don't want to bless you. They want to steal, kill, and destroy. And some of them attack your finances. Some of them attack your cars. Some of them attack your business. Some attack your marriages. Some attack your physical body. Some attack your children. You know, if they can't get in to the, between you, mom and dad, they go for the kids. If they can't get on the kids, they break your job. Or they just, they're always after some crack to, you know, and you open the door, you never know what's coming through it, right? There's a lot of spirits out there. And also there's good spirits. We have the Holy Ghost and we got the seven spirits that stand before the Lord. Holy angels. There's good spirits too. But this one here is if you don't forgive, you're going to get turned over to the tormentors. And I could go on and on about real life testimonies of where pastors have actually died and went to hell because they had unforgiveness in their heart against their wife or someone, and then the Lord brought them back. And, uh, you know, the bottom line of the story is, you know, will you ever get mad at your wife again? No, it's not worth dying and going to hell. So this is a serious thing. We, in, in the deliverance, one of the biggest problems is unforgiveness. So you've been raped or, you know, boys, they get raped. You know, it happens. They get raped when they're little kids. They don't understand. And then they grow up and uh, usually wind up in prison. Because they got a wound and they can't forgive. And their life is just, uh, you know, it's drama after drama after drama. And girls, too. 
and family. So the enemy will mess you up. And he likes to do it, especially when you're a child, because that way you don't know who you are in Christ, you don't know how to fight, and you're totally helpless, and he just destroys your heritage when you're little, so that as you grow up, you serve him. Very diabolical, so forgiveness is, is key. Okay, let's do this. Let's, uh, the rest of this stuff, you guys, you got till October 4th, is Day of Atonement, uh, ends at sundown. Make sure you repent as the Holy Ghost taps you on the shoulder. Say, oh, so-and-so, you need to repent or, uh, you know, do that in your own prayer closet. But let's just do this unforgiveness right here, right now. So repeat after me. Father, I admit that in the past, Father, I, admit that in the past I, have I have had unforgiveness, resentment, resentment and, bitterness and bitterness in my heart, against certain people who have hurt me. I acknowledge this as sin and confess it as sin. For you have said in your word to forgive one another as I have forgiven you. I am willing to forgive. Okay, now stop right there. Now, this is what we do in a deliverance session, but this, now the ball is in your court and you're going, okay, Pastor Lou, I've forgiven everybody. If, for example, I was ministering to a husband and wife, the husband cheated on the wife, and let's just say, oh, let's just say the cheating wife's name was Betty, and I look at the wife and she says, I've forgiven everyone that's ever hurt me, and I go, have you forgiven Betty? And she goes, you know, you need to forgive again. It doesn't mean, and they're not, um, have bad consequences coming on them, but the Lord says, give me space to repay, vengeance is mine. So it gets you off the hook so the Lord can move. You know, if you're standing between the Lord with unforgiveness, he's not going to move. You have to forgive. And then after you do forgive, the devil's going to come and say, you didn't really mean that. You didn't forgive them people, but you did, see? You've got to remember you did. So who are you going to forgive? Everybody. Your husband, your wife, your children, because those are the people that hurt you. Your boss, grandparents, aunts, uncles, anybody, pastors. Forgive me for hurting any of you if I have. I did not intentionally mean to do that. I repent, because you know I have a big mouth, if I haven't told you. Anybody that had authority over you, pastor, teacher, coach, mentor, or anybody else that in your heart you have pain for, you repent, so you do that. So we'll just continue to move on. But this you can do in your own home, in your own prayer closet. And lastly, you forgive yourself. So I forgive all these people, repeat after me, for the pain and hurt they have caused me. For the pain and hurt they have caused me. Also, Lord, I ask that you forgive me. Also, Lord, I ask that you forgive me. For hurting or disappointing anyone. For hurting or disappointing anyone. Father, you say in your word. Father, you say in your word. That if we confess our sins. That if we confess our sins. You are faithful and just. You are faithful and just. To forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And 
Thank you, Father God, for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the scripture says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. A lot of people don't have a problem forgiving their neighbor, but they don't love themselves. It's a sin for you not to love yourself. Well, that doesn't mean like, I'm the best there ever was. Look at me. I'm special. It means that God has a heritage for all his sons and daughters. That means you're washed in the blood. You're clean. You're not a dirty, filthy sinner. It's not the... Um, you're, how, how do I want to word this? Uh, it's, Paul said, it's not me that sin, it's the sin in me. So I am righteous and covered with the blood. I can go into the throne room of God with praise and thanksgiving. So the devil is telling you you're a dirty, rotten sinner because you know what you did last week. You just have to be like Pastor Lou and say, shut up, devil. I'm washed in the blood, and I've repented for that. You better repent for that, whatever you did last week. or You know what I'm saying. You repent, you get right back on the wagon with God, and you can go boldly into the throne room and get your prayers answered. And when the devil comes to harass you, just say, shut up, devil. You found nothing in me because I've repented. I'm washed in the blood, and I'm clean. And you are a defeated foe, so get under my feet. Shut your mouth and get out of my house in Jesus' name. That's how you do it. So, thank you for coming. And uh, Douglas, let me know when we're off the air. Oh, one more thing. Don't, t- don't turn me off yet. We have a new channel uh, at Prophecy Club. I think Prophecy Club is still on, but... Um, the YouTube channel that Stan was on has been canceled, and so now he's on Prophecy with Stan. I think that's the name, Prophecy with Stan. So they have enough subscribers right now to live stream this, but like, share, and subscribe. Send this out to everybody so he can go back uh, on uh, line with the followers that he has. Uh, continue to pray for Spirit of Prophecy Church. We invite you to come. Do what me and Sunni did. We sold our house in Iowa. We came here. And we've been here 12 years. So if there's no church like this and you like it, sell it, move. You'll be glad you did. It's an awesome church. Training and equipping, prophecy, end times eschatology, cast out demons, move in the spirit, fivefold ministry. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. But there's a lot of good things going. And missions, missions, missions. And thank you for your support of the missions. We do want to go back to Honduras, Cambodia, and I think Leslie wants to go to Pakistan and they're um, looking for oil and also the real Mount Sinai right now. So pray for them to have a safe return home. So now, thank you for coming.